Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. I'm Jason. And I am John. And we are here to talk UNO hockey. But on a more positive oh. note, before that happens, I wanted to tell fans that October 12th and 13th is the giving day for UNO. And it runs from noon on October 12th through noon on October 13th. The Wear Black Give Back campaign is kind of a social media fundraising campaign they have these little cards with Durango and they want you to get his picture in creative ways at home or around Omaha or on campus or wherever it is and they're trying to raise money or UNO and then uh, on social media you use the hashtag wear black give back but they have all kinds of little swag that they've been giving out for this they have these little stickers Bridget and I are ambassadors for this event, so I've got this shirt for the event. So we'll be posting on social media about it. If you want to learn more about this event, you can visit givingday.unomaha.edu. We'll have the link and more information in the show notes below. If you're watching on YouTube and you're watching on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, the information will be on there so you can learn more. But it's kind of a fun deal that they do every fall right around homecoming there are all kinds of prizes you can win and there are different challenges that go on so it's a great way to support uno and it's kind of a fun social media campaign that they have so bridget wanted me to give you all that information today and promote that and so i thought i'd start off because we've got a jam-packed episode of the mav podcast we started early today because we've got a lot of activities in our personal lives going on and and if it gets any earlier when we record, we might have to call this the Mav Puck Pajama Cast. I'm just saying, Jason, that may happen. So, so let's. It might be an it might be an all night affair where we start after the game and we just go. You know, we were we were in college. We pulled all nighters at one point. Maybe we need to get back to that. Exactly right. There was a time when we burned the candle at both ends. So yeah, we might just we might just start it at midnight, and maybe we'll just do a live stream. It's like everybody join us on zoom join us on youtube and we'll just talk because there was a lot of interesting stuff this weekend including our first series of the regular season against the niagara purple eagles out of atlantic hockey last week on the episode jason and i were we were very confident very excited about this series we thought uno would get a sweep and uno did not get a sweep jason well i mean a sweep happened it just did not go the way we thought. I, you know, I told you, I remember we were talking after Friday night's game about Friday's game and how we didn't, that Niagara didn't win that game. I really felt like we lost that game. And we've talked, uh, was it, it was Saturday, I think, during the game that we were talking about how last season it seemed like. You know, Friday nights, we struggled. We didn't play our best hockey. And then Saturday night, they kind of bring it together. And, you know, the team looked better on Saturday. And it's like, we're back into that. Like, we're not prepared. We're making just bonehead plays. You know, the first goal was just a dead giveaway. Like, why why on earth, as a defenseman, you decide to backhand a puck up a lane behind your net blindly like nine times out of 10 in this league that's going to get intercepted and end up in the back of the net and it got intercepted and ended up in the back of the net like yeah, oh it was, my gosh it was this behind the back no look pass 
behind the goal line in our defensive zone right to Niagara player. And that led to the first goal of the game in the latter half of the first period. And it, it just like, and it was a veteran player. It was, it was Victor Mancini. It was one of our good solid defensemen who made that play. <laughs> I just, I, it, and again, mistakes happen. You know, you and I are not unreasonable people, but you're like, Oh my gosh, you guys, seasoned veterans who played a full NCHC schedule last season. Those are some of those things that are just head scratchers as fans. And I'm sure just drive the coaching staff nuts. And we, in our season preview and stuff, we talked about how this team was going to rely on their veteran defense that, you know, we, we had a lot of youth up front. And so you didn't know what you were going to get out of there. We have untested goaltenders. So, you know, they're going to need some support in front of them. And this team will struggle more than you expect them to struggle if our defense can't just make basic plays. The second goal, classic example. Every defender from God knows what, maybe mites even, like, and an eight-year-old, you should know how to count numbers. As a defenseman, you need to account for five players in front of you. You have two guys that should be able to count five. How you let a guy sit on a blue line as long as they did on an opposite blue line and let this Hail Mary pass go through you, like, come on. It's it's a mental mistake. And, and that's the problem I think I have most with this is that it's not talent. It's not skill. It's not that they were a better team than us. And it's frustrating because, you know, we just didn't have anything that could compete with them. It's we had both of those games in hand, easy, no problem. And we gave both of them away. Yeah. And on the other side of the ice, you know, and I, <clears throat> I noticed this all weekend with Niagara, you could tell that they knew, they knew coming in that they were <clears throat> an overmatched team. Uh, these two games were the first games against an NCHC opponent that they had won in nine tries, nine previous tries. And so I, I sat and watched them in their defensive zone. Their sole focus was to keep, the puck out of their defensive zone. And they did a fairly effective job. They had good to goaltending from their senior goaltender, Veltri. And like you said, we should have won both of these games going away. There should have been no question about it, Jason. But there were just some of those mental breakdowns. And especially on Friday night, there were a number of moments where we let their forwards get behind our defensemen, as you just mentioned. I'm perplexed as to how this keeps happening. <laughs> And that's, I think that's why I am upset about it. Like I'm frustrating because I'm frustrated because I see more out of this team. I see that they can do better. I want to see them succeed. I want to be able to, you know, like we had when we, you know, beat Mankato. I, I, I think we all like when they feel proud of the effort and the stuff that they put into. And I'd be really, you know, this is one of those, like, if we could go talk to the players, like I'd be really interested, like, how do you feel about that effort? Like, where is your head at? Because these players need to have it. And I don't know, maybe Gavin is too nice of a guy or something. You know, they need to have it beat into them that that is crap. And that was a crappy effort. It was mental mistakes. It was everything that, that coach preached about. Like, you're supposed to have character guys that are responsible and know the system and your implement. Like, 
If that was your system at its best, then your system is terrible. You really need to know what you're going to get out of your players. And it just seems like Friday night's example of where you just don't know what you're going to get out of your players for a weekend. So you're kind of using Friday night to say like, eh, where's their head at? I think you've got to get them into a place. They need to come out of the gate and, you know, I'll throw the gauntlet down to them. Like this team, if you, I doubt you watch, but if you watch this podcast or listen to this podcast, like I challenge you to prove to me that that is not the team that we're going to see the rest of the season, because that's kind of what we talked about. And I expected from the season and, and it's sad, you know, we saw goaltending that, you know, had flashes of, of brilliance, but systematically just the goaltending breaks down the it's, it's bad reads, it's poor plays. And it's led by a defense that makes basic mental errors that can't follow guys through. And it's forwards that then try to overcompensate and do too much and don't take simple plays like putting the puck on. They don't yeah. let plays develop. There were so many times we were in the zone and we take the low percentage shot instead of moving to areas of space and letting a play develop, letting something move. And that's why Lisa's line was so effective is you've got a fifth year senior who knows how to play, who knows that he can go in, skate, find space and let his forwards catch up. And when they catch up, that's where they're going to be. And that's what we need from every line. There's experience on every line and they need to step up. Well, and one of the things that we talked about in our preseason preview and last week after the 7-2 exhibition game against Mankato is that one of the strengths of this team coming into this season was supposed to be the defensive core on this team. And you look at veteran players like Johnny Tyconic and Kirby Proctor. You look at talented newcomers like Joaquin LeMay and Jacob Gavin. This was supposed to be one of the strengths. This was not going to be a UNO team that was going to outgun opponents six to four throughout the season. This was not a throwback to Dean Blaze's racehorse hockey days where goaltending and defense were kind of an afterthought. Both of the games were four to three games against a team that has 12 newcomers on the roster themselves, like us. They've got a lot of new players too, but it's the team identity. We talked about this on an episode last season when they were struggling. We were like, what is this team? What do they want to be? What is their identity? And that's how I felt after this weekend. And I thought on Saturday night, Jason, that they were going to turn it around like they did last season. Last season, they struggled on Fridays, but they seemed to put things together on Saturday. But Saturday, again, was one of those nights where it looked like they were going to win. It looked like they were going to roll. And ultimately, we gave up that game in the latter half. And it's an, it's another mental error. It was it was a lost player cutting across the, the net front that – you follow him through. You have you have to be in a position to make a play on his stick so that he can't pick up that rebound. Your goaltender did what you expected him to. He stopped the long shot. He kept the rebound close so that he'd have the ability to find it. And because our defense wasn't there to challenge their skater in front of the net, their skater got the puck instead of us. Like, it's what your defense is for. Put them there. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going off on this ramp, but it's just, it's frustrating because I know I know this team can be better than that. And I don't for a second think that anyone in this club thinks that that was their best effort. And I just, it, it irks me as a, you know, as a guy who's coached before, like it just, it frustrates me when you have this mindset that I'm not going to put forth my best effort. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they've got to play the complete performance, the full 60 minutes 
We've also talked about the light non-conference schedule that they've had the last couple of years, the weaker teams that they've played. And the idea was, well, with a younger team and early on and with the strength of the NCHC, you can play a weaker schedule and rack up some wins. But when you get swept by Niagara, it's going to make things much, much harder down the stretch. I would almost rather that had been against a Minnesota team where we'd end up losing both games, you know, seven to one or something. It's frustrating. I, you know, I really, the thing is, is that all this stuff that we're talking about are things that can be fixed. The problem is, is that they're things that are not simple fixes. It's not like, uh, you know, our, our, our system broke down against them and we need to change our system. You don't need to go through, you know, wholesale massive changes. These guys need to practice better. They need to expect nothing less than perfection. They need to be pushed. They need to be held accountable. I'm sorry, but you should have a, you should have a team meeting and I want to see the guys step up and say, I messed that up. This is my bad. I'm going to be better. And I'd argue like we haven't done our players of the games. I don't know. 20 of those guys probably need to stand up and say, I can do better. Part of that was my fault. It's about execution and it's about consistency. I know this sounds like such a generic statement, but it really is about playing the full 60 minutes because here's the thing. Niagara just hung around and they stayed in there. They didn't get, they didn't get down when they were down. They didn't get rattled. And they ended up pulling it out in the end. They just waited for us to make mistakes. And we've got to be the type of team, and I said this on a podcast last season, that has a killer instinct. Because a lot of times it's the attitude, it's the mental game that is 90% of success in sports. But you mentioned player of the weekend, Jason. And I don't know who is this. This is going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. Since you let me pick really? this- well, yeah, it's it's not going to be – well, it's, it's going to be tough for one of us, and I'm going to let you pick first here. And I think I know who you're probably going to pick because I know who I want to pick. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I'll be curious to see who you pick because as far as I'm concerned, there's only two players that are – like, if mine was easy. It was – here's two players, and I'm sure John's picking one of them. So, well, I'll um, let you, we'll see. I'll let you pick first this time. Uh I think it's the, the obvious pick is Randall. I, I don't know where it came from, but he's one of the players that I'm like, he was out there. He was challenging. He, you know, played pretty good defense. Uh, you know, you didn't expect a lot from him offensively. He wasn't one of the guys on my list of, you know, the first, the first goal of the game would come from him, let alone three goals in the weekend. He's got himself in a good position. He's on a, you know, a productive line uh, and he's, he's finishing his opportunities, which offensively is, he might be the only one. Yeah. Three goals on the weekend, a really terrific performance in particular on Friday night. And it's nice to see him step up, Uh, you know, a player who uh, originally had, uh, had uh, been on the uh, Michigan Wolverine roster and, uh, and uh, sat out for a year and played for the uh, Omaha Lancers and then ended up at UNO, and uh, he had a nice performance this weekend. I'm going to try to be a little unique because it would be very easy to pick Tyler Weiss. <laughs> you were, was that who you were thinking I was going to pick, Jason? I, yeah, I was, 
My, well, actually, I was thinking you were going to go first. So you could pick Jack Randall. So you'd force me to pick Weiss again so that all everyone in the comments could go all batshit crazy on me again. But I'm well, sorry. Watch that game and tell me he's not one of the two best players. He absolutely was one of the two best players on the weekend. And that's really what we expect from him. And that's why I didn't go first because I'm like, otherwise, Jason's going to talk about Tyler again. And he's going to be like, you know, Tyler's hair was nicely parted during the weekend and that kind of stuff when he had his helmet off on the bench or something like that. But uh, I think I'm going to go with a guy that I noticed a lot on Saturday night, and that's Brock Bremer, one of our good forwards that we've enjoyed the last few years. He gets that goal early in the third. And at that point, I think UNO is going to start rolling. Ultimately, they didn't do it. But Brock Bremer was a guy who seemed to have a lot of energy, a lot of fight in him for a small guy. Uh, he plays really, really well, and he plays a, a good, solid physical game. I'm going to go with Bremer. I could have gone with Weiss. That would have been the obvious pick after Randall, but we're probably going to pick him a lot this season. So I think I'll go with uh, Brock Bremer. He's my nephew Blaze's favorite player by far. So uh, that's who I'm going to go with. Uh, it's a good pick. You know, his game Saturday was way better than his game Friday. And if he can continue, if he can put together a Friday night effort like he had Saturday, that's going to go a long way in helping this team kind of get back to back to their winning ways back to, I mean, all we could win was an exhibition, but I mean, if they're going to win, it's going to take guys like that that step up and perform. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, so hopefully things will be rectified next week, Jason, because, uh, I certainly don't want to have to, uh, have to talk about another series like this. So turning to a new segment, Credit to Jason, who named this segment. We are titling this segment, Things You Missed at Baxter Arena, because there were a lot of new, interesting things that happened during the game, and we knew that we were going to have to talk about them, almost like UNO was just serving us up some interesting content to talk about for this week's podcast, Jason. I know, they're just, they're just baiting us now and we're happy to take the bait jason so so we had a number of new in-game things that went on promotions kind of festive things i'll start it off on friday night we had uh ryan duncan and i don't know if he's a student or not i don't know if he's part of the uh hockey pep band but ryan duncan was out there at center ice playing the national anthem with the electric guitar I thought it sounded great. What did you think of the electric guitar? Normally we have kind of the same two guys singing the national anthem all the time. What did you think about the electric guitar? I I liked it. It was unique. It was different. Uh, I know, you know, it's always a challenge when your usual guys can't, <clears throat> can't come and do that. I know that some, you know, some programs have that guy that's always their national anthem singer. Um, or that gal, you know, there's just always the, the same thing every week. And then there's, there's some, there's, there's some things to be said for that. Uh, I like that they changed it up a little bit, you know, and they said, Hey, we have an opportunity, not just to go, you know, grab some local singer and give her an opportunity, uh, or fill the space with some random person, but they went out and said, Hey, let's do something different and did a great job with it. 
uh, it was a little unique seeing it, the speaker sit out there. And I'm like, what the heck is this going to be? So I'm thinking that it was something homecoming related, but uh, no, it was a little Jimi Hendrix throwback. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I thought it was great. I remember um, down when they played at the CenturyLink Center, I remember they had a woman who played the electric violin uh, for the national anthem, and it was pretty fantastic. And, and she only performed once, and I kind of wish she had uh, she had been back again at some point because uh, those things are kind of fun and kind of neat. So I enjoyed the electric guitar like you when I saw the speaker come out. I'm like, what are they doing? So that was a that was a new little wrinkle that you might have missed at Baxter Arena. If you were out in the concourse or you didn't come to the game. So uh, so uh, hopefully we'll see Ryan Duncan uh, again in the future. Our next thing that you might have missed at Baxter Arena was Durango during the first intermission both nights playing the horn to the Timmy Trumpet song Narco. I was not familiar with this sports event tradition that has apparently cropped up. Mascots around the Major League Baseball, college sports, even the NHL, they pretend to play a horn to this song. And I guess this started with the New York Mets when Edwin Diaz comes out, they play this song Narco and the fans, they'll give them plastic horns and they'll pretend to play along with this song. I don't know if you were familiar with it before or not, Jason. I, you know, like you, I was, when I first heard it at the rink, I was like, I don't understand what's going on. I just kind of thought they were, you know, trying to get the, the fans hyped and you know, with the with the large student section on Friday night, I thought it was kind of, you know, maybe something for them, something they had kind of uh spearheaded or something and and so uh i kind of felt like kind of felt like i was out of the loop to be honest with you uh but you know did my research you did our research and sent me links to what the heck was going on so um i don't know i mean the i looked at the I went into uh, sports database and statistics, and uh, I must say the performance of teams post-introduction of this tradition leaves a lot to be desired. So I'm not so sure it's something we wanted to kind of piggyback on. But well, I'll tell you, that's I, the reason we lost. I don't know. You know. I, I'm not a big baseball guy. I did send you this anecdote and I did think this was kind of funny because actor comedian Jerry Seinfeld, who is a huge New York Mets fan, was not a fan of the new tradition. And, and I, I'll read this a little bit from NPR. He said in early September, comedian Jerry Seinfeld cracked that the team's recent struggles could be traced to narco and Timmy Trumpet's on-field performance. Quote, I blame that stupid trumpet performance, Seinfeld said on social media celebrating in season we haven't won anything yet bad mojo <laughs> so so maybe this threw off uno's mojo in the game i looked it up there was a team there was a, a minor league baseball team that had a 10 game winning streak and they had this trumpet night where everyone got the sousaphones and they played this on the field and they did the whole me trumpet thing and uh, they lost 15 straight after that. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, 
I'm too superstitious to ignore that, unfortunately. You and I are very superstitious as sport, sports fans. I know a lot of sports fans who are. So anytime they do any of these new things, I'm always a little bit leery of what's going to happen. So we'll see if this evolves. You know, maybe in the future, it might be a good idea to get some like toy plastic horns to the students and let them participate or have a handout for fans where they can all participate too. Because it was a it was a little awkward at times just having Durango out there under the spot spotlight performing this for an extended period of time and and i don't know we got swept by niagara so maybe this threw off our mojo the other new thing that we saw this weekend was normally the pa announcer when the team skates out onto the ice he typically says welcome to the ice your uno mavericks right right well, this weekend Every time that was said, both by Nick Handley, who's our normal PA guy, and the guy who uh, was the PA guy, the substitute on Saturday night, which I was told was uh, the baseball and basketball announcer. I, I don't know that for sure, but I was told that, so we'll go with that for the moment, was welcome to the ice, your Omaha Mavericks. This might seem like an insignificant change to most people, but you and I being suspicious or suspicious <laughs> We're we're definitely suspicious sports fans, but you and I being superstitious sports fans, I don't know how I felt about this. I've got to be honest with you, 12 years ago or so when they decided to rebrand, I love the O logo that they have now. I love the, the new Bullhead logo. They had a branding firm do that, and I think those are great. I don't know how I feel about making everything Omaha all the time because in this community they're still known as UNO everybody calls them UNO did we need to change this from UNO to Omaha Jason why like that's kind of I was just like why and honestly I felt like UNO rolls off the tongue a little bit better like it should be broken up and then so when he announces your U and oh Mavericks like that that break makes sense to me and then, like, when he does Omaha, it's like, I don't know. I just didn't feel as energized by it. And I'm not, like, I'm not against it. It's kind of one of those things, like, like ultimately, I understand, like, it's a, it's a little thing that matters none whatsoever. But I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me right, right now, at least. Well, it doesn't with me either. And I, I, you know, several years ago, when the Catholic Church changed the liturgy and... Every time you go to mass now, it still feels awkward. You still want to say things the old way. I mean, sometimes you just need those traditions. And I don't know, as, as somebody who I went to UNO for five years, Bridget and I both were back in the 1990s. I mean, to me, it's just UNO. And I, I understand wanting to change the brand, but it's like everybody knows it as UNO. It's just become the way it's said and, and what it is. And it seems like we've gone away from the way it's said and what it is. Mainly because we lost Niagara, I would rather go back to the, you know, welcome to the ice, your UNO Mavericks, because like you said, it flows off the tongue a little bit better. So, so we'll have to see what happens in a couple of weeks for the next home series. But those were three of the things you missed at Baxter Arena. So our next topic we want to talk about some of the other festivities in a jam-packed weekend. And the UNO Alumni Association had two events. They had a Friday tailgate 
uh, in lot 27 next to Baxter Arena from 4 to 7 p.m. And then Saturday night, they had the Family Festival, which they did last year's great event at uh, Maverick Park, Tal Anderson Field, the baseball softball complex across the creek from Baxter Arena. And uh, both of those events had swag, they had some giveaways. They had food for fans. They had uh, hot dogs and hamburgers on Friday night, and they had uh, hot dogs and chips and M&Ms on Saturday night and fun activities for the families. They had some games, etc. Always a nice deal. I kind of wish that they could spread these out throughout the year, but UNO does not have an indoor facility attached to the arena, so it's harder to do events during the year. So what did you think of both of these events, Jason? I, well, I didn't go Friday, so you'll have to speak to Friday's event. Um, but I, I mean, I, I love that we've done the alumni stuff before. I love that they get the community involved and it's not, you know, an exclusive kind of, of thing, but there are some advantages still to being alumni. You get, you know, some special things and stuff. So that's, I like that, that model of, you know, making sure that you're inclusive in the community, but also giving some, you know, you're special because you've graduated from here or gone here or whatever. Um, it wasn't as well attended as I kind of expected. And I don't know if that was just a PR marketing, getting the word out kind of thing, or if that was because it was on Saturday. I got to tell you though, man, there's a lot of people. They had a youth hockey tournament at Baxter uh, on Saturday, they had uh, it was a baseball game. I think on on Friday, you know, usually where it's like no problem to park and stuff. It was kind of shocking to see people parking in different places. You mentioned the Friday tailgate. The Friday tailgate was a great event. There were there were quite a few people there. I think they said they had six hundred and seventy five people reserved for that that they were expecting. Wow. And like you said, the Saturday event is a lot of fun. I was hoping there'd be more people there too. I was trying to remember the last year, I think there were more people in attendance. So a busy weekend, lots of changes to the in-game presentation, homecoming events, everything else. They were long days, both days. And uh, it would have been great if we'd been capped off with a couple of wins, but we weren't. So, uh, so we'll see what kind of events uh, they have in store for the next few months for us. <laughs> Turning to the next series, Jason, UNO travels to Sault Ste. Marie in the Upper Peninsula to play Lake Superior State. This was a team we were very familiar with back during our, our days in the CCHA. We go to Lake State. Lake State has had something of a resurgence in recent years. Two years ago, they made the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're a team going into this season. They have not played any regular season games going into the series against UNO here uh, on October 14th and 15th. It'll be at 6.07 p.m. on Friday night, our time. 5.07 p.m. on Saturday nights. They've played three exhibitions, one against Michigan Tech, one against Nipissing, which is a college out of Canada. And then they played the U.S. National Development Training Program. Uh, they beat the Canadian school, but they lost both Michigan Tech and the under-18 program. What do you think about this series? What do you think UNO needs to do? What do you think is going to happen? 
I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful campus. It's a beautiful area. I'm glad that we're going back. I love this, like back to teams that we competed with, uh, you know, that, that we kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily a rival, but, you know, teams that we're familiar with back from those days. It's always fun to kind of reminisce about games before and, and stuff. So I like that. Um, I think we're just back to this team and what they can do and, you know, what they showed and will they bounce back from, you know, two poor performances this weekend at home? You know, are we a better road team than we are a home team? We've had UNO teams that have been that way before where, um, they had a lot of success on the road. And a lot of that just comes down to you have no choice but to hang around with your teammates and, you know, you can't get away from them. And so there's there's bonding and stuff that that happens. And I think that'll be good for the team. I think it'll be good for them to get on the road and, and just kind of be forced into isolation with each other. Performance wise, I'm very hesitant to think that they're not what we saw Friday, Saturday here at Baxter. They have a number of uh, transfer portal players on this team uh, that have come in for Lake Superior State this season. One of the notable transfers is Harrison Roy, who played uh, for Boston College last season, and uh, he had seven goals and 12 assists, and he was fourth uh, on the team in assists last season. So I'm going to say that we split. That's as optimistic as I'm getting. I was thinking the same thing. I think we split. Uh... I'm guessing that we, I'm going to say that we find a way to win, you know, a close game on Saturday and that's how we get our split. But at the same time, like it's close. We're, we're definitely at risk of being swept out of this one and going over four to start the season. So the yeah. guys need to, need to be cautious. They need to be mindful. They need to, you know, tighten up their game a lot if they want to see any success up there. This team needs to figure out what its identity is going to be. They need to play a full 60 minutes both nights. They need to be really careful because four losses to start the season against Niagara and Lake State is not the type of thing that's going to instill confidence in a team that has 11, 12 new players on the roster this season. So they need to be very careful and uh, and take charge of this game from the start because uh, we expect a lot of things from this team uh, and we want to see them do well. So uh, the games will not be on NCHC TV. I know people ask that every year. They will be on Jason's favorite Flow Sports TV, which uh, if I recall correctly, usually costs, I think, $30 for the weekend. I think you typically buy a month of Flow Sports for $30. We will buy it. Hopefully we have a hopefully we have a good series from Sault Ste. Marie to talk about, but uh, we'll just have to see, Jason. And until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. 